We're going to go to the book of Isaiah tonight. Isaiah and chapter number 26. Isaiah and chapter number 26. It's good to have Mary Beth Kennedy in our services tonight. She uh, escaped Wisconsin to come place someplace warm, I guess. So that didn't work out real well for you this time, but uh, it's sure good to see you. It's sure good to see you. Her husband pastors up in Wisconsin. I don't know what they did so bad they had to go to Wisconsin, but that's where they are. No offense to the Greers whatsoever. Their kids in Wisconsin. All these bad kids. I don't know. I can't can't figure. Can't figure. Okay, we'll go to the Word of God. That can hopefully get me out of trouble here real quick. We're going to read one verse, and we're going to talk about something that is wonderful. Isaiah chapter twenty-six and verse three. The Bible says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Well, that's good, ain't it? No, I like it. Let's all read it together out loud. You want to? Let's do that. You ready? Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. What a wonderful truth. Uh, very simple title for the message. You, you can experience perfect peace. It's true. Let's pray. Father, help us now because we want what you have to offer. And in the day and time we live, we need it. And so God, just bless and help. We need power from you to preach without a doubt. Just clear direction what to say, how to say it. And the Lord, the ability to stay on track with what you have for us tonight. Speak to hearts and help us, we pray, please, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for standing. Please do be seated. This is a great promise, and it was given in the darkest period, one of the darkest periods of Israel's history. So it may well prove to be special to help us today. Today. One, one thing about this word, it's timeless. and We can be thankful for that. I'm talking about today when we're surrounded by so much gloom and depression and when we're constantly threatened with three great enemies of doubt, fear, and worry. It's there, isn't it? No, come on, it's there, isn't it? Don't sit out there and look super spiritual. It's there. And I'm telling you, with the, with the, uh, with the things that are happening around the world right now and we don't know what the, tomorrow is going to bring, <clears throat> I'm thankful that we have promises like this that we can stand upon. You know, when, when everything's going good, when everything's going well, and the skies are bright, it's real easy to just read this text in a very superficial way. You know, boy, isn't that great? Something you put on the refrigerator, and isn't that just wonderful? Um, but when clouds of trials and disappointments and fear seem to fill our sky and the sun is hidden, then these words become very precious to us, don't they? I mean, really precious to us. And there's no promise anywhere in the Bible. We know that. There's no promise anywhere in the Bible uh, which would make us believe that while we're here on this earth, that we're going to experience freedom from trouble. But, but there is something far better than that, and that's the promise of peace in the midst of trouble. We can have that peace that passes understanding in the midst of trials and troubles and tribulations. Um, I mean, of what value would freedom from trouble be if we had no inward peace? That inward peace. 
Uh, yet how wonderful it is that in the midst of the fiercest battles in our life and while the storm is even at its greatest height, we can trust God. Um, we can, we can, we, mm, come on brain. We that trust God can experience inward peace. I'm talking about a deep down calm, a quiet confidence that he is there for us because he is there for us. So... We have this great blessing that's offered to us. Oh, what's that? Well, it's described as perfect peace. Now, I want you to think about that for just a second. Perfect, perfect peace. Perfect peace. So how can we define it? Well... It's a freedom from disturbance within the soul. Within the soul. Come on, we're talking about having peace even when the storms are raging. Um, it, it is a perfect harmony reigning within. A, a peace in here that uh, can't be described at times. I mean, when things are going on that you just can't see any possible way out that you can still have a peace in here that people around you can't even understand and that's what God wants for us he does want that for us the Hebrew word shalom has in it the idea of uh, of soundness of health so that to be filled with perfect peace is to be spiritually healthy spiritually healthy and free from all discord within the soul Spiritually healthy. Come on, I talked about, I talked about spiritual health even this, this past Sunday. Spiritual well-being. Spiritual. We're talking, about, we're talking about being spiritually healthy. So, no, no, no. If that's the case, then there, there can be no room for jealousy or envy or discontent. There can be no room for an uncontrolled temper or selfishness or pride or intolerance in the soul, which is filled with peace. Isn't it something that sometimes we get to feeling like we can be carnal and spiritual at the same time? And truly, it's an impossibility. We want to experience things like this, like this peace that God offers us and all the many other promises that are in there and live a life contrary to what the Bible says and it just doesn't work out. And I think, I think that's why a lot of people will become discontent with their Christian life. Because it's like, well, I mean, my Christian life and everything that the preacher gets up there and talks about, or my Sunday school teacher talks about, or whatever the case may be. But that's not the preacher's fault. Or the Sunday school teacher's fault. And it's certainly not God's fault. Because he wants us to have this type of life. So we probably ought to check ourselves out. The, the peace that God offers and, 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 and that which by His grace we may experience, it's very, very practical, truly. It's, it's none other than that, that great calm which He commands. God commands this calm. Mark chapter 4, verse 39, I love this verse. And He arose, talking about Jesus, and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. 
So isn't that something that truly we all want in our lives? A, a great calm that God can give us? And, and again, God calls that peace, which he gives perfect peace. So in what sense then would it be perfect? Well, it's perfect in its quality. What do you mean, preacher? Well, that is to say it's perfect in a type of peace that it is. Perfect peace. There is an imperfect peace. We can think about the peace of, of ignorance. When we imagine that all is going well, whereas in fact if our eyes were open to see the truth, we would know that not all is well. Come on, Jeremiah chapter 6 verse 14 says, They have healed, they have healed also the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. When someone closes their eyes to the truth of God's word, then they have opened themselves up to the peace of ignorance. Well, everything's going okay for me when things are falling apart around them. Well, things are going just fine with me, preacher, when their life is just falling apart. When things aren't going well, and their children aren't doing well, and their marriage isn't doing well. That's why we want God to open our eyes, isn't it? Psalm 119 verse 18, open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. When we begin to see it the way that God sees, it's a wonderful thing. We could also think about the peace of stagnation. You know, a pool of water might look very calm and peaceful, but underneath it can be very foul and green. There's a lot of men and women that only know a peace like that. A surface peace. It's just on the surface. And, and, and one day the shock of God's judgment are going to stir up their pool. It's going to stir up their pool and they'll find out that they have no real peace at all. But that stagnation comes when we will not allow the Spirit of God to convict us of our stagnant, stagnant spiritual condition. When we will not allow the Spirit of God to convict us about our stagnant spiritual condition. We're not where we need to be. We're not doing what we need to do. We're not seeking God with all of our heart. We're not trying to love Him with everything in us. We're not wholly committed to live the life that He would have us to live. We have to be very careful. And things roll along just fine at times until trouble comes. And then people like that will realize that the peace of God's just not there for them. And then there's the peace of dependence. And that's a peace that is dependent upon some thing or, or some person and peace like that's never going to last because that thing may disappear and the person may fail them then where's the peace the peace you know usa is a dependent nation and right now we're dependent upon a liberal government a, a society that's wicked that's very very wicked itself and a lifestyle that says we don't want god and we don't want his bible we don't want to believe those things. But in contrast, God's peace is perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect in its quantity. That is to say, the supply of it is sufficient and, and exactly meets our need. The Hebrew uh, uh, usage of perfect peace here, I like it. It's peace and peace. <laughs> I like when God doubles up on stuff, don't you? It's peace and peace. It's a double peace. And this is very, very significant when we look at Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 7 says, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. 
In this passage of Scripture, we're told that this double piece is a, a piece of heart and, and mind, and that it's a kind of piece that definitely we need. It's a piece which uh, surrounds our mind. It's a piece that calms our heart. This, this double piece is also a double in the sense that it is, get this, it is peace with God. Come on, we made peace with God. Romans 5.1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. But it's also the peace of God. Philippians chapter 4 verse 7, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. But it's also perfect in its uh, constancy. Uh, that is to say, it is, it's permanent. It's, it's not intermittent. Uh, the promise of thou wilt keep uh, is there for us. Thou wilt keep. Compare Psalm 121 verse 4 where it says, Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. So his peace is always present. I mean, it's there when we need it. I'm saying that it does not have to come and go like our commitments to him may many times we can have that constant peace we can have it well okay fine preacher well how does this how do we get this how does this perfect peace comes come to us well it comes to us by Christ Jesus Having, having the life that God wants us to have is laid out very simply for us. I didn't say it's always simple to live. I didn't say it's always easy. I, I, but I am saying, and I'll stick by it, it's laid out very simple for us. Because first and foremost, the Lord Jesus Christ died for our sin He paid the price we couldn't pay that we might know him in a free pardon of sin. He did that. We didn't even even have part in all of that. He loved us when we didn't love him. And so it comes by Christ Jesus. Again, Philippians 4, 7, And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Isaiah chapter 32, verse 17 says, And the work of righteousness shall be peace. And the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. The work of righteousness shall be peace. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. For they shall be filled. And filled. And filled. No, that's the way it's written. That hunger and thirst after righteousness. Come on, that's not some deep theological righteousness. That's doing right. Come on, doing things the way that God says. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after doing things God's way. He, if we just follow Him. Look, again, notice that the Lord Jesus Christ is the channel through whom the peace of God flows into us. We understand the peace within us is the possession 
of the Christian alone. Come on, if you're not, no, no, you, you cannot have the peace of God. You cannot have that perfect peace if you do not possess Christ. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. It's the blood of Jesus which whispers peace within us. Colossians 1.20 And having made peace through the blood of his cross. By him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Through the blood of his cross. And so it is by Jesus Christ. But it's also by the Holy Spirit of God. The Lord Jesus Christ secured peace for us upon the cross of Calvary. We know that. We know that story. And that peace is offered to us through him as a channel. But it's conveyed to our hearts and, 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 and minds by the Holy Spirit of God. Galatians chapter 2, uh, chapter 5 and verse 22. But, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Peace. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness. As the Holy Spirit fills and floods our lives, we're going to reap the great benefits that God offers. Well, preacher, you've said before that once you're saved, you have all of the Holy Spirit. You do, absolutely so. There doesn't have to be a second blessing. You don't get filled more. You have all the Holy Spirit. But does he have all of you? I mean, we have to yield to him because he is the third person of the Trinity. And so, I mean, he is God the Spirit. And just like God the Father will not force anything on us, neither will his Spirit that abides in us. In fact, if we ignore him enough and push him off enough, he can become very silent, can't he? Come on, somebody help me out here. Surely I'm not the only one that's been so backslidden I couldn't hear the Holy Spirit before. But he can become very silent, can't he? That's not the way he wants to be. But we have to be yielded to him. We have to be open to him. We, we have to be ready to yield to him. We have to empty ourselves of those things that are contrary to what God would have so that the Holy Ghost of God can have those spots in our life. God wants to help us with all of this, but we have to be willing to do what he would have us to do. So by the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Holy Spirit of God, but also by his word, we know that. By his word. Come on, Psalm 119, 165. Great peace. Have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. I, I really like that verse. Okay, preacher, fine. Well, so what, what, what does it mean to love his law? Well, I've heard people say, man, I really love football. Well, I tell you what, I, I just, I, I just, I just love going out shopping. I've not heard a lot of men say that, but I've heard others say that. I love hunting. I love to go hunting. I love my family. I love, oh, and, 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 and that's all good. Because if you love football or shopping or hunting or fishing or family or whatever the case may be, that means 
that you're going to make time for that. And you're going to make room for that. And you're going to make it a priority. You're going to make provision. So if we love his law, great peace have they which love thy law. And nothing shall offend them. The word offend in that verse in Psalm 119, 165 is disturb or means a, uh, to disturb or, or a stumbling block. <laughs> Things and uh, people so often uh, disturb us. But here's a promise of perfect peace to people, those people who love and meditate on and obey the Word of God. Let me back up five steps. The Lord lays it out pretty simple for us. That doesn't mean it's not going to take some work. If, if, if we are hired to a job, a job that we, say it this way, dream job. Boy, preacher, I got my dream job. I've been wanting this job. I got hired on, got this job. Oh, good, good, absolutely. But preacher, they say that I have to do this and this and this, and I really don't want to do that. But I sure am glad I got this dream job. Well, you're probably not going to reap the benefits of it. If you're not willing to do what is expected of you. While you're on the job. Are you following me here? Come on. God promises us great benefits. If we're willing to do things his way. And, 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 and life gets in the way, doesn't it? Come on, I'm not acting like it doesn't. But that shouldn't be an excuse. We can't, we can't let that be an excuse. Because no, no matter how busy we may be, there's always something somewhere in our life that we can... Uh, exclude so that we can put God in that spot. Giving God extra time when we have it instead of doing other things that really don't amount to a whole lot. Put God first in everything. Because we have this peace by our obedience. <clears throat> Turn over to Leviticus chapter 26. Leviticus. Yeah, I thought you're looking like you need a nap. Turn over to Leviticus. In chapter number 26. Somebody told me, somebody told me a couple of days ago, I'm coming up on Leviticus, my Bible reading. I think I'm just going to skip that. Don't skip Leviticus. It's a wonderful book. Oh yeah, no, it's a wonderful book. 
Leviticus 26. I didn't tell you the chapter. Now. Turn over to Leviticus chapter 26. Look at verse number 3. Leviticus 26 and verse 3. The Bible says, If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them, then I will give you rain in due season, and the land shall yield her increase, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. And your threshing shall reach unto the vintage, and the vintage shall reach unto the sowing time. And ye shall eat your bread to the full, and dwell in your land safely. And I will give you peace in the land, and ye shall lie down, and none shall make you afraid. I will rid evil beasts out of the land, neither shall the sword go through your land. Now, if you want to talk about a utopia, this is it. What a utopia. How does it come? Well, the word if there in verse number three is the key. The word if, where it starts. If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them. It's the key to the door of peace and happiness and living for God. If. Because God guarantees us that if we will walk in His statutes and keep His commandments, He will keep our hearts in perfect peace. And if we will do our part, then God surely will do His part. Talks about that in verse number 5. And your threshing shall reach into the vintage, and the vintage shall reach unto the sowing time, and ye shall eat your bread to the full, and dwell in your land safely. You know, God is very good about supplying our need, isn't he? Truly. An amazing way he does those things. But boy, I tell you what, when we begin to do those things that he would have us to do, and he begins to supply our uh, spiritual need, and that peace that can only come from him, truly amazing. Obedience. And of course, praise and and prayer time. The promise there in Philippians chapter 4 is preceded by, uh, verse 7, is preceded by the conditions mentioned in verse number 6. Because the Bible says this, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So what does that tell us? Well, it says, be careful for nothing. And that word, there, that word careful there means anxious. Take thought. Don't be anxious. Don't be full of care. Don't be full of care. Don't take thought about things that doesn't matter. Prayer and supplication will take care. So many times, prayer and supplication will take care of those anxious and fearful moments and times. So we have these conditions that are mentioned in our text. We have these, these, these conditions which are mentioned in order that we may have perfect peace. So let's think about this. 
Who is it that God will keep in perfect peace? And this all goes together with what's already been said. We'll wrap it up. It is the person whose mind is stayed on thee. That's what it says there. That will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. That word stayed there means uh, to take hold of or to lean on. When we have anchored ourselves in God, then perfect peace can prevail. We, we go to Him. We trust in Him. We're leaning on Him. We get a hold of Him. Have you ever just known that you need to get a hold of God? whose mind stayed on thee. But it also says this, who trusteth in thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trusteth. To hide, as in a, in a refuge. To be confident, or to be sure. be bold to be one of the definitions was to be careless careless well preacher how would you use careless in something like that you know when a, when a Christian places their full trust and confidence in God the world will see that that person that the world will see that person as careless not as in done negligently but as in free from anxiety. Man, they just kind of live a careless life, don't they? Okay, say it a different way. They don't seem to have a care in the world. But both those expressions, whose mind is stayed on thee, and who trusteth in thee, both of those expressions denote faith. But get this. No, no, we're, I'm, 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 we're, we're real close. But one is a head word and the other is a heart word. Well, what's the difference? Well, with our head, we believe. But with our heart, we trust. With our head, we believe that God is the author of peace because we know the Bible says the giver of peace. But with the heart, we trust Him to bestow those things that He promises us. We're to love Him with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul. Here's an interesting thought. Now, now, and I'll close with this. In our text there. That will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. So it begins with God, thou, God. And it ends with God, thee, God. 
But did you notice who's in the middle? The trusting soul is in the middle. Perfect peace is by faith. Help me, Lord. Perfect peace is by faith to get between these two words, thou and thee, and stay there. Surrounded by God's love. Surrounded by everything that God is. To get there. Perfect peace is the Lord Himself when within us. It, it's, it's not just an experience and it's not a doctrine, but it's a person, the Lord Himself. Then when we are stayed upon Jehovah, our hearts will be fully blessed. And then, only then, shall we find, as He has promised, perfect peace and rest. He's promised that to us. There's a lot of people that say, tune in just a couple more minutes. There's a lot of people that say that Psalm 118 verse 8 is the middle of the Bible, the middle verse of the Bible. You, you may have heard that before. I've heard it different places that Psalm 118.8 is the middle of the Bible. Psalm 118.8 says this, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Now, I love the verse because there's a lot of truth there. Somebody say amen. Sure, absolutely. Because that puts the two words in the very center of the verse, the Lord as the very center of the Bible, which would really be something. I mean, that'd be something to think, man, the Lord, wow, that didn't say that's something. That's really something. The Lord at the very center of the Bible. That's amazing. There's just one problem with that. And the problem is this. There are 31,102 verses in the Bible. 31,102. To have a center verse, there'd need to be an odd number of verses. Right? Come on, I am thinking right, ain't I? <laughs> there'd have to be an odd number of verses if you're going to have a center verse. And with that being said, the two verses that end up at the very center of our Bible are Psalm 103, verse 1 and 2 that say this. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. So the very center of these two verses, which ends up being the center of the Bible, is bless His holy name. <laughs> oh, I love it. Bless His holy name. Now, now, if we take the whole of these two verses to heart, it's going to help us in all that we do. Preacher, I just don't know. I just don't know what to do when, when, I'm, when, I'm, when I get all full of care and worry and everything. Let me tell you what to do. Bless His holy name. No, I'm not lying to you. Just take some time and go in some place and just raise your hand up to the Lord and just bless His name for a while. Praise Him for His goodness. Praise Him that He's Jehovah 
that he's Jehovah Rophi. Praise him that he's Jehovah Jireh. Praise him that he's Jehovah Nisi. I mean, praise his holy name. Praise him for a while that he's been so good to you. Praise him for the roof over your head. Praise him for the clothes you have on your back. Praise him that his that your heart is still beating today. Praise him for his goodness. Praise him you have food in the pantry. Praise him that you have, I'm telling you, just bless his holy name for a while. I'm telling you, that will change. It, it will change so many things in your mind, and your heart. It will help you more than you understand. To bless the Lord. Just get alone somewhere and raise your hands to Him and just praise Him for His goodness to you. Thank you, Lord, for my family. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, that you love me when I didn't deserve for you to love me. Just bless His holy name for a while. We, I, we, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Several weeks ago, I preached and I brought up the word churchianity. We need to break out of the mold of churchianity. It's not all about just coming and sitting in your place and going back home and going on with your life. Living for the Lord and, and, and being thankful to the Lord and and, and praising and worshiping the Lord the way that we should shouldn't just be done during a church service. It should be done all throughout the week. And I'm telling you, when we'll get a habit of that, it helps so much in keeping, in keeping the Lord first in all that we do. And I'm telling you, it can bring about a peace that nobody can take away from you. Because if we're going to have compassion and make a difference to those people around us, it needs to start right here first. I'm saying it needs to start with you first. You have to believe these promises of God. How can you go out there and talk to people about the promises of God if you're not even living it and trying it and you're not believing it? How are you going to do that? How are we going to make a difference in somebody's life if we're not... No, no, listen to me, please. How are we going to make a difference in somebody's life if we're not trying to live a beatitude lifestyle? How, how are we going to make a difference in anybody's life if we're not trying to live a Sermon on the Mount lifestyle? Come on, if we're not more concerned about what's going on inside here than we are about decorating ourselves up on the outside and making everybody think that we're religious, whatever the case may be. And don't get me wrong, God's concerned with the outside too, but He's much more concerned with the inside than He is the outside. And how are we ever going to expect to have this perfect peace that God promises we can have if, if, we're not, if we're not willing to put God first, if we're not willing to live the life that He would have us to live, not just while we stand in the church for you're talking to the brothers and sisters in Christ, or not just sitting in here while we're listening to, to whatever, whatever's being preached, but all the time. I mean, I mean 24-7, we're doing our best to put Him first in all that we do. And we're, no, no, no. And we get so grateful for those things that we're willing to take some time and get down on our knees and get down on our face and just bless His holy name for a while that He's been so good to us. I'm telling you, please listen to me. It's going to make, it's going to make your Christianity so much more real. 
Well, I come, preacher. Because when we do that, no, no. I mean, just worshiping Him, praising Him for His goodness. I mean, just, just you and Him. When we do that, I'm telling you, He listens. No, He, he does. He, he listens. No, He really does care about us. And He listens. And as He is blessed by us, Blessing His holy name, He blesses us. You know what I want in 2022 for Riverside Baptist Church? Certainly that we'd have compassion, make a difference in other people's lives. Absolutely so. You know what I want, Brother Cox, just as much as anything. I want the people of Riverside Baptist Church to begin to enjoy their Christianity. No, I mean just to fall in love with Jesus and just enjoy their Christianity. No, I'm talking about coming into the house of God and singing the songs, and it really does touch your heart when you're singing the songs. You're not just going through all the motions of it, but man, oh man, you're singing. And I mean, I mean, you're singing unto the Lord. And because of that, because you've prepared your heart. Oh, no, 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 no. You didn't stay up all night, Saturday night, doing whatever. You prepared your heart for coming into the house of God on Sunday morning. You're here. You're here. I mean, you want to hear from the Word of God. You want to hear from God. You want to be around the people of God. You can't wait to sing praises unto the Lord. I'm telling you, it will begin to change your Christianity. It will begin to change your life. It will begin to change your daily walk with God into something, no, 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 into something that's enjoyable. That other people can see. Because when it gets like that, your heart will get so full, you cannot help but to talk about Him. I, I, I'm not talking about I'm mm, I'm talking about something that's real. I, I, I'm not talking about just going through the motions of something and trying to drum something up. I'm talking about something that's real. And that's why I said, you, if you want to get to praising Him like that, go someplace by yourself and do it first. But I'm telling you, are you still with me here? I am telling you, when you begin to really do that, live like that. No, no, when He becomes that real... Then when you do come to the house of God, it's going to be a different experience than just sitting there and being bored. Because there is a God in heaven. And He really does love and care about us. And He wants us to have this perfect peace. And He wants us to have joy unspeakable and full of glory. We know that. And boy, I tell you, if moms and dads would get a hold of this, I'm telling you, it would change their whole... It would change the kids... It would change the kids of the household, their whole outlook on who Jesus is and who God is and what He has done for us and what He is doing for us. I want 2022 to be an unusual year for Riverside Baptist Church. God's blessed us tremendously. And I'm not trying to say that I'm not trying to say that our church is bad or in bad shape or anything such as that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, are you still with me? I'm almost done. I'm just saying that I believe God has a lot more for us. And I'm not talking about just working up some emotional I'm talking about something that is very real. That I believe that most Christians are missing out on today because we get we get so stuck in this churchianity as long as we're going through the motions everything's good but don't we want more than that 
It's going to be hard to convince somebody unless we're convinced. It's going to be hard to really show the compassion that we should show until it becomes real with us. Bless the Lord. Keep yourself bowed down to to His perfect will with everything that is in you. Trust in Him. Bless the Lord. Keep your thoughts on what He has done and what He can do in your life. Keep your mind stayed on Him. Do you want this perfect peace? Because it really is available to all those who will put God first in all that they do. It's not that He's just somewhere out there, part of our life. It's that He is our life. It'll make your Christianity different. That's what I want for us. The church family. That's what I want really want that. Let's stand. Stand with me. Thanks for being patient. Let's stand. Fathers, we have invitation. We pray that people would just respond to do what you'd have them to do. And we'll thank you for anything, any results, any spiritual results. We'll thank you. You get honor. You get glory. You get praise for that. Because you are the great God. You are Jehovah God. The one that supplies all our need. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Rohi. What a wonderful God you are. Help us, Lord, to pursue this perfect peace that you promised to us. We pray that you will. We ask these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Piano's going to play. Some have already come. Need to turn aside? Need to talk to God? Do you have the perfect peace? It's not a counterfeit. How long has it been since you really have taken time and praised the Lord? Oh, preacher, I would just feel weird doing that. Well, sure you would at first. You know why? Because it humbles the flesh. It humbles the flesh. But I promise it will benefit you. Decide to give God your all in all.